Welcome to the Survivor's Guide to Life podcast. This is episode 93. Don't quite have a title yet, but I do want to say that back in episode 92, we talked about a phrase that may have kind of sounded hard to understand or hard to get hold of, and that was the blessing of urgency. How can something that's urgent or critical or stressful bring a blessing into our life? Mm -hmm. It's possible, and we are living proof, and we're going to talk about that some more today on our podcast. So, put my glasses on again. Hello and welcome to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. I'm Jenny Stevenson, your host, and joining me is Dr. Peter Bernstein, or Peter, as he likes to be called. He's a coach and mentor with 50 years this month. 50 congratulations. 50 years, September. 50 years of experience helping people in the field of trauma recovery. It's hard to believe. It's yeah. quite a milestone. Our podcast provides practical information and skills for resilience and personal growth during challenging times. And above all, we want to inspire our listeners to find hope, courage, and strength to succeed and move forward in times of adversity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. So today we're returning to um, that idea of there being a blessing, or can be a blessing, in urgency. And we have a special uh, section of our episode today where we're going to uh, share part of a conversation that we had over Zoom with a really good friend, uh, Randy Mayfield. And Randy has been on our podcast, I think, twice before. Randy is a singer, a songwriter, a pastor, a missionary. He's international aid worker. He is a wonderful man, and we're going to hear get an update from him on what's been happening with him. Frontline worker is great. Yeah, and I love it because our conversations have, seem to have such a flow. Yes. And that what he's doing in his work and what he discovers seems to go so easily and sweetly with what we're, we learn, too. And yet he's on the front lines of incredible work. He's a real warrior. Very for much good, so. And he's, boy, is he out there. But anyway, we we love talking to him, and it was a, I loved it. we really, we've had a couple. We've mm -hmm. decided that we're going to add conversations with people that we consider very special and live extraordinary lives. And we've done another one that will be coming up after Randy, mm -hmm. um, another extraordinary woman in Florida, uh, who's a hospice nurse, just incredible woman, who went into the military when she was sixteen. Yes. Smart boy. Yes. Anyway, astounding, wonderful woman, and Randy's another. He's an astounding guy. So we're we're uh, looking forward to that, and um, and they are uplifting in the face of the kind of adversity that they are involved with, and the people they're involved with to come out with such hope and wisdom and uh, a deeper sense of faith and trust um, is just a very spiritually enriching experience. Randy, of course, is a pastor, mm -hmm. um, but he doesn't spend a whole lot of time in a church. He spends more time in the front lines and in the refugee camps. Yes, he does. In uh, Bosnia, Serbia, is really? Uh, the Ukraine, Syria, Lebanon, Lebanon um, in Africa. Iraq, the, yeah. Afghanistan, yeah. yeah. He, he's in all the front line. He's entertained our troops many times. Uh, he's a great singer, so he's actually pretty, He's really very successful in his songwriting. Mm -hmm. He's got a great voice, and he likes the more casual type of singing, but yet he's trained as an incredible 
You can sing um, opera. Opera can. singer. God, he's great. Yeah. yeah. So we really, uh, I enjoy it. I like his. I like that singing better. He says it takes too much out of him. What's too bad. It's great <laughs> stuff, man. Gonna have he, to use some self-care, Andy, he so is you can really keep doing good. that. He's really good. Uh, anyway, I, I love talking with him. So does Jenny. So we had a really nice one. That'll be on this today. But I, you know, I, I've been listening to our podcasts carefully, and um, I know I want them to. I know they mean a lot, but we also don't want to add to people's feeling. All they're already overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Um, they're already dealing with some very difficult kinds of things in life. That's what we're addressing. We don't have to. Um, it's not such a, a, a specific uh, target anymore because everybody's dealing with an extraordinary reality and crisis. Yeah. So this one's in that regard is easy because anybody we talk to is going to be. We'll relate to this. Absolutely. And if you don't, you will. Um, because everyone is in it. Before, it was very pointed for people who deal with extraordinary realities like ourselves, like firefighters, paramedics, people on the front lines. And we wanted to, and caregivers, um, we think very special, they're very special people. You know, and so we know a lot about that. We know those people. We know what they go through. We help them. We're, we're some of those people. But now we're talking to everybody. Yes because everyone's being affected. Um, and I should, you know, if I look at it in some ways, because everybody's been infected. Um, <laughs> that and, could be taken a couple of different yeah. ways. Yeah. Um, but, and you know, it's been such a, it's, it was a, it's a, a startling crisis it, that's become traumatic, but now it's ongoing. Yes. It's a chronic type of long, long-term crisis. And a lot of people in some ways begin to adjust to that and act dismissive of it. That's one of the ways they cope. That doesn't mean it's not traumatic. That doesn't mean it hasn't had a bad effect, a rough effect, and it continues to. So we know that. I hope we, whatever we say today, I want it to be said with sensitivity and compassion. Um, I believe, honestly, through all of this, the way we're going to work this out in the end is not to turn on each other, but to, uh, for, our, for our own nation, for for us, for we as individuals, we need to begin to take responsibility for um, being more compassionate and caring for our fellow man, and and also to take responsibility for our emotion, our own emotions that have um, been triggered. We're all human, um, and uh, it's very important to not to become reactive, which we're seeing so much of now, which is a heartbreak to me. But I, there's a better way to look at this, and. Um, I look at this honestly in two ways. One is it's very painful, and I certainly know about that too, personally and in our work. Uh, personally, it's harder. Um, but also, um, not just that way. Um, I just, uh, well, I want to say that's the, to me that's the big deal in my life. And I've been doing this work with trauma recovery. It is 50 years. Um, but since my wife has been, and I've faced a few difficult, painful crises in my life that are, I don't mean a few, I mean many. And I've come through them stronger each time. The one that I'm facing now personally is the hardest I've ever been through. So anything I talk about is not meant to be insensitive to what people are going through. I can't be insensitive because I'm in the same place. It's just that I have a lot more experience in the perspective on how to handle these things. That does not mean I don't feel what you feel, and more. It just means that I have a different way of looking at things. And honestly, that's what I want to share today. And um, 
we don't want to make this more overwhelming and negative than it already that the situations already are. We want to show you a different perspective on how to how what it's going to take really at this time to see things from a crisis and a difficulty that is ongoing. Um, and now we have more added to it. I just it's just a remarkable thing in California. We have all these fires. Now we have these bizarre, incredible hot temperatures and the PG&E and the electric companies are talking about shutting the electric off. That's on top of the fires, the COVID-19. I mean, it just seems to be coming one thing after another. And we just heard that there have been storms in the Midwest. I was not aware of that. So there's place, things going on across our country, across yeah. the world. Just really, uh, yesterday what, they, they airlifted 200 firefighters that were trapped in people. I don't know if that was people, just... People, people. People. Campers. In, in uh, San Diego. In Sierras. Yeah, because they were trapped in the fires. They well, couldn't that's get right, out. in the fire. Yeah. I mean, it's just one thing after another. We don't have to make it up. It's no. just ongoing, and every one of them is deadly. Right. So we get that. Um, we know when you're in the midst of it, there's only one thing to think about is your survival mm -hmm. and how to get through each minute um, of the crisis and to survive it. <clears throat> we know that, and when it's those times, we're not talking about broad perspective. We're talking about encouraging you to use your survival skills, the things you've learned from your past, not the bad stuff, but the things that give you a deeper strength and an ability to, to move forward and to make it through these very difficult times. It can be hard uh, to get hold of and remember those strengths and those skills that you developed so true. Uh, from past experiences that were very hard. If you're feeling overwhelmed or, or panicked, it can be hard to remember them. And yet that's really what is important to slow down and remember those things. It, well, it, sometimes it takes somebody else to come alongside you to remind you too because you're in the midst of it. I've had that many times. You've come alongside me when I'm I have my little temper reactions that are not that sweet. Not that I cause them, but no. I'm not a passive person. So um, when people do that, I don't always go, I don't like it, and I don't like abuse. So that doesn't go well. I don't, I'm not good about the Christian thing about turning the other cheek. I've been a Christian a long time. I'm not good at doing that. I but, haven't got that one down. Right, but you do know how. And with yeah. if I need, if I remind you, you shift right away. You yeah. get right back yeah, on track. Yeah, I do. I do. And I that's do. what we want to kind of help people to know that they can do it too. And that's the discipline that develops from from what you learn from your past experiences and coming out of other difficulties. Yeah. So yeah, that is true. We I I have a perspective, and you know I read our material. I say this every week. The problem is, once I get into it, I can't put it down. And I'm amazed <laughs> at how much good stuff that we've done. I don't mean that egotistically at all. I forget all these things, all these papers we've written over the years. They're so relevant today. Mm -hmm. um, and I was today, I, I had a rough weekend with my wife. and I mean, my pain was tough about what she's going through. And I needed to take a look at these things again, not to memorize them, but to go, I need to be reminded. And sure enough, it's right there. Mm -hmm. And it started, it didn't change all my emotional reactions so quickly, but it changed my view of things. It helped me remember that there really is a purpose to what we're going through. And there is so much to be learned um, through going through these crises and difficulties that are not bad, are good. It's such a great time for us to reevaluate things in our lives, I'll tell you that. Right. And um, also, if we've put ourselves, if we put our 
emphasis on our priorities. On it. I use, I said, we, the American dream is not a bad thing. I've lived it, and I, I'm, I love it. It's when it's gotten distorted, and our whole entire identity is what we've worked for, what we possess, um, things that we thought would give us such security. Um, in a crisis, they're blown in, blown out of the water, and certainly that's happening this time. The crisis of uh, 2009, which is the Great Recession, was mostly material. This time it's material, money, businesses, hard work, all going out the window, and our health. And health. And, the and relationships of the people that are, that are we're losing. Absolutely. So this is, I feel this is a greater hit mm -hmm. than that last one. And that last one hit us hard. It was hard enough that time. So I look at all of that and I go, okay, now we're going to be telling people now, keep your chin up and really um, there's a more positive thing that can come out of it. Well, the truth is, the answer is yes. Is there purpose to any of this? Now, I, we've, we've talked to Let, many... Let's come back to okay, that. Well, all right. that. What oh, we're we going to do okay. is we're going to need to take a break. Okay. And then we didn't quite get to the, to the blessing of urgency like we were going to. So, and that relates to our conversation with Randy. So when we come back, let's do that and then go to our sure. conversation with now, Randy. Now, you can tell who's in charge in this. It's <laughs> Jenny. Okay. Not Dr. Bernstein. Okay. Jenny. <laughs> You've been listening to The Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. We'll be back after a short break. Welcome back to the Survivor's Guide to Life. I'm your host, Jenny Stevenson. So we are going to start off with talking so that we can be clear, we can be helpful, we can be uh, about what the blessing of urgency, what are we talking about, about the blessing of urgency. We're going to just talk a little bit about that. Peter's going to read something, and then we are going to go to our talk with Randy, because Randy had this experience of needing to respond to something urgently changing in his life and a blessing came out of it for him. Is there continuity between this section and the last section in the in our broadcast today? Yes. Oh, okay, okay, good. Yeah. Just want to make sure that we're, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we're going to, we, we are going to shift. Now, we had written a paper in September of 2009 called The Blessing of Urgency. We've written a lot of papers. This was written in the last crisis. Well, let me tell you, it's very relevant today. I want to just read one paragraph out of that paper we wrote. I think I don't know if this one was published in journals or on the in on uh, in, in. This was a blog post. This was a blog post. Okay. Yeah. Jenny yes. knows. That. Yeah. Okay. The blessing of urgency is a way of looking at our distressing situation as an opportunity for change. When we have our backs to the wall and our old ways of living and succeeding aren't working anymore, we have the opportunity to be creative. We have a chance to try new things, to find new ways to overcome and survive the difficulties we're facing. That's the truth. Instead of seeing our situation as threatening and destructive, which is <laughs> part of us will see it that way, all of us, we can begin to see it as an opportunity to do new things meet challenges in new ways, be creative and inventive. Under pressure, we're sometimes capable of things we never believed we could do. Good things, like new thoughts and ideas, can come out of our subconscious. Now, I'm what I say, I'm one of those people that do, I live that. And so when I am 
And that comes from my early survival, no question about it. Yeah. But I do look at it as, uh, at one time it was just to survive and live. Now it's something to look at as, okay, if that's what we're facing, then we can't run from it. And my mind starts getting very creative about how to survive, how, what we have facing us, and how to think and get through it reasonably in spite of how emotional or upset we may be. We've helped a lot of people um, do this. It doesn't come easy to everybody. Uh, my wife was one, Jenny's another. And Randy is another too. R Randy is too? Yeah, Randy is a person who... He's who, like this. Yes. Yeah, and he, boy, he faces incredible... Absolutely. Horrible uh, situations in, in the war zones. And yet he's drawn to them constantly. Mm -hmm. He's been doing it now for... And nothing slows him down. It doesn't seem like anything slows no. him down. So we're, you're going to meet Randy Mayfield today, and mm -hmm. he's another one that you put him in the midst of crisis, he's going to find a way, he will find a way to get it. creative and help him <coughs> caring for his fellow man and also somehow take care of his back, take care of himself. So we, we love him that way. And um, it really is an affirmation of something that I believe, and that is the strength of... <coughs> she, oh, okay. She's all right, though. She's healthy. Excuse okay. me. A little the, the water. Okay. Um, it, it, the, the strength of the human, the resilience of the human spirit, I believe in it. And I've seen it so many times. And if I believe in anything, I know blessings can come out of the worst circumstances. Do I always see that in the midst of it? No. But I know we're going to get through it, and I know that there's hope for something better. That, I, from my past experiences, I know that to be true. So we're going to enjoy talking to Randy because, my God, he's got some pretty dramatic stories. Yeah. Uh, life experiences that he lives that most of us just hear about on the news. Yeah. Um, so what you're going to hear mm -hmm. is uh, part of the conversation that we had when we asked him how this COVID pandemic had affected his work and his plans for this year. Mm -hmm. You know, there's been... Uh well, like you say, there's the stages of grief and everything, but the, the acceptance still hasn't come yet, you know? We're still grieving because we can't be together. And uh, uh, the relationships, I've built such strong relationships through the years with these people. And for someone to say, you can't go and see them for a year, man, that's really, uh, that's been difficult. And then I see their suffering in some of these countries, especially we're dealing with Lebanon. We had a center in Lebanon that got blown up during the big explosion. Yeah. And, we're, and we have people there, missionaries that are Lebanese and friends. <coughs> We've been trying to help them and deal with that. So trying to grieve with them as they grieve and what's going on. And yet we can't tangibly go and help. We can help in other ways. And then uh, one of the things I've done is, uh, thank God, we have things like this, like Zoom. I have done Zoom interviews, and I can give you some links later, with several of our missionaries around the world just to say, how are you doing? What's God doing in your work and your ministry? And that encourages me to see that, yes, he is still working. You know, I'm not, the, I'm not the one that makes all this stuff go anyway. Like you said, it's not about us. So to see that God is continuing to work through the missionaries around the world and to hear from them, even though it's on video, I mean, but it's live like this, uh, that's encouraging to me. So that's helped me through some difficult times when I'm grieving over not being there. I'm still able to be there. And I'm finding in some ways we're reaching many more people through the media and through the social media, then I was able to reach one-on-one -on -one live. So God is using it. I don't, it's not the best for me personally, but I, again, God is, is, is using it. So, 
you know, we find that too, that at this time, that all of a sudden we're reaching a whole lot more people yeah. than we reached before. And I always wanted to do that, but I could not, either I didn't have the, to take the time or didn't know how to do it. I have so many other things going. Now, all of a sudden, we're reaching a lot of people that we never would have reached before all over the world. Yeah. And that to me means that no matter how rough our life is, and we're, that's probably the high of our, our day, our week, to know that yeah. we're doing it. And it's, they're painful times. I mean, we're talking about painful things. We talk to people that are struggling. I'll be honest with you, it fulfills me. I'm so deeply touched. And sometimes it's very, very painful. I'll get done with the, the broadcast or, or whatever, and I'll come, I'm in pain. I'm hurting. But that, to me, that just goes with the territory. It's, you know, have a good cry, whatever. Uh, I'll go to move on. But, you know, that's, I just figured that's part of the territory. And if you're a feeling empathetic person like you are. And a giving person. And a, that's right. We're going to feel it. And we don't know how to deal with our feelings. They keep building up and all of a sudden we're depressed and, and it happens. Believe me, I know that it happens. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Uh, one of the other things, you know, I do, of course, is music. And yeah. my band had a tour planned uh, for next month all over Albania, Macedonia. We had to cancel that and that was disappointing. But then we decided at the beginning of the whole COVID thing, let's do an online concert. And we did a, a, an hour, hour long concert that reached thousands of people that we wouldn't have reached otherwise because they're sitting at home looking for something to do. And this was early on before there was a lot of opportunities out there. We kind of were on the, the beginning of it all. And I've done some other things as well, shorter concerts and devotionals. And, and, you know, so we're finding ways. I still long and look forward to obviously being in fellowship with people and being back together with our folks around the world. But in the meantime, uh, we slow down a bit, gather our thoughts, find out where God is leading us and just keep moving forward with whatever he calls us to do. And that's, that's the thing. Don't stop and sit back and wait for everything to change. What do they say? Embrace the change and move forward. That's and take, take those changes and use them for your advantage. Here's things I can now do that I couldn't do before. So let's do that, you know. I, Absolutely. I want to follow up with the question. I, I know during this time, like you said, uh, online media is is the way people are able to talk to each other when they can't travel and they can't do all those regular things and they have more time. Do you also feel that people might be more open and searching or looking or hoping to find something for comfort or for reassurance or for more meaning when times are this hard? Absolutely, I think uh, in some ways, while it's not the best thing, there's an anonymity, an anonymity of tuning into something that you may not wanna say, I don't need to listen to a psychologist or a counselor or a preacher right now, I don't want anybody to see me doing that. But in the privacy of my home, when I can tune into a podcast um, anonymously and I can tune into a, a preacher, we've had people listen to our services and to our concerts and things that might not normally come, but because of this medium, they have a safety to say, oh, they, they don't see me. I mean, I'm, we're, we're sending stuff. It's not like this where we see each other. And that's been a good, good way for people that may not have, like you said, ever listened or tuned in before when there's something they know deep inside their heart that they want answers for, they can seek it in a way that's more safe for them, more carefully, you know? Really? Well, that's happening for us, and I didn't know why. So I think you're nailing it. I think people, we're talking about some heavy stuff, difficult yeah. stuff. I'm trying to make it entertaining, quote unquote. But you know what? I've wondered, how come all of a sudden we're getting so many listeners all over the world? I'm grateful. It's what I've always wanted, and I wanted to increase. But I didn't really 
have it nailed exactly why this is happening. I'm getting it. What you're talking about could be that people are more willing to privately listen to this stuff and pay more attention. And yeah, they're hungry. They're still hungry. And yeah. we're able to offer them bread and water and whatever in a way that they don't feel like they've got to put themselves out there to receive it. And then, and then, we, then we just say, hey, God, you work in their hearts and do the work you're going to do through our words, through our relational things that we do. And then a lot of times, I mean, I get follow-up. I, I got an email the other day from something I put out, and the guy said, can I meet with you in a coffee shop? Because we can do some stuff like that now. So it's setting up. This is a guy I've never met before, a whole different cultural, other side of the river type stuff. And God is using those, the media, the, the social media, to bring things like that together. So it's, it's, it's amazing. Well, I, along those lines, what we've seen during this COVID-19 in our community is – you know, I know there's very difficult people. I don't, I'll be honest with you, with what I have to do with my energy. I don't take much time if they're going to be nasty. But there are so many good people that are hungry and going through rough times. Yeah. And they're open with me. They really have been so supportive and loving, but also they're very open. And it, they're listening, they're caring, they're just more human and more genuine than, they, than they've been in the past. I have more friends here now. <laughs> I can go any place, and they are so sweet to me about Lynn, about themselves, and what they're going through. And I listen to it sometimes and go, "What is going on?" Because it's not just the COVID nineteen crisis; their lives are filled with all kinds of losses and sickness and pain. Yeah, I'm astounded. I'm going, "What is happening?" And it's not about the virus; it's about other things, yeah. losing loved ones, um, sickness, fighting things that they didn't have to deal with before all of a sudden it's on them not one thing and i don't mean one person i'm hearing this they talk and i'm seeing that more and more and i'm thinking i don't know what this is all everything is what this is all about but we need to have more caring and compassion for one another well you can hear we had a really great conversation with randy it'd been a while since we spoke to him and he's again right on the same page where we are absolutely not a surprise no you know i listened to this and this is we've had this we had the whole conversation was what an hour hour and a half hour, hour and a half and we <laughs> time flew by right so we're going to play some more of this at another time frankly i just started i was listening to it again i'm thinking he is this is wonderful stuff he's the real thing yes this guy is he comes to that kind of wisdom through direct experience and uh, Randy goes, well, a lot of times he spends time in the refugee camps. Um, and when he tells the horrible stories, and we, as he is told, we got, I think he came on one of our broadcasts a week after he got back from. After he'd been back. And that was when he was up with the Kurds in Northern Iraq. Unbelievable stuff that he had witnessed and seen. Yeah, that he, he felt guilty coming home. Yeah. That he had running water. Running water. Horrible. And Randy has spent, what, 40 plus years in these refugee camps all over the world, wherever the f action is, mm -hmm. that's where Randy goes. And, um, yep. I, you know, I wonder, he's kept, God's kept him safe, that's all I know. But he goes where the real the action is. He's, he's involved with our troops, he entertains them. He's got a great voice, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, on one of, some other podcasts will have him sing for you. And he writes beautiful stuff. But I'm listening to this today, and this is really interesting because he's had some handicaps because of this crisis. Um, and this is a guy that doesn't like to stay home for long. Well, he's got a beautiful wife, mm -hmm. beautiful life, mm -hmm. really beautiful life. 
Um, he wants to be on the front lines. That's where his calling is. He likes being with people. Absolutely, people that are going need help. And um, I, it's interesting to hear his take on adapting, mm -hmm. getting creative, using social media, reaching more people than he ever could before. And we've talked about that too. Um, we're seeing this in new ways. We're using Zoom the way we're, geez, we're all over. Um, but I'm listening to him do the same thing. And he is a broadcast junkie. This guy, you put a uh, microphone in front of Randy, and you got entertainment. You do. He is incredible. Yes, <laughs> really, I, yes. Sometimes I have to hide the microphone because he's going to start. He's a great entertainer. He's also got a, he's a man of substance. So I love him. He's a man after our own hearts. Um, he's a good friend. But you can hear what he's talking about and wanting to reach people and having to, for him, the grief was that he couldn't be where the people he, who he loved, he couldn't get, he couldn't get there because mm -hmm. of the crisis, the COVID-19 crisis. Yeah. He found, he's found new ways to reach these people. That's and um, he's, he handles media very good, just like Jenny does and Steve, our producer, and many, most people around me are better at it than I am, um, but Randy is. And you can hear he makes the best of it. He finds ways to get creative, not defeated. Absolutely. Does he feel the pain and the loss? Oh, yeah, he's a sensitive man. Yeah. But he doesn't let it stop him. We'll come back to that. Yeah. You've been listening to The Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Penluma 103.3 FM. We'll be back after a short break. Welcome back to the Survivor's Guide to Life. I'm your host, Jenny Stevenson. In our last section, we shared a part of a conversation that we had with Randy Mayfield. And the way that he responded to the travel, the work that he had planned for this year that got canceled because of the COVID uh, pandemic. And just before our break, you were talking about how Randy finds, has, has and continues to find a way to do the work that he wants to do regard, regardless of obstacles or uh, things that might come up that, that could throw someone off or uh, just that he finds a way through it. Well, here's one of the things I hear. He's a spiritual man. He's a pastor. Um, he's a theologian. He's got a PhD. Uh, um, one of the things that you're hearing that he sees is sometimes God has a purpose in these crises and these challenges and difficulties. And what he's talking about is seeing new ways to reach more people in need than he even knew before, that he wouldn't have even addressed before. Didn't know how, probably was so busy, whatever he was doing, he didn't even think about it, and now he's doing it. He mentioned that about the concert, that he had planned to go, and he didn't say where. Albania and... and, and oh, right, Albania and... Um, Another place right in close remember. by. Yeah. They were going to give a concert and were unable to and instead put together a one-hour online concert and many, many more people were able to hear it than if he had done it in person. Well, he also talked about something that was very interesting and we've discovered this to be true too. He, this is another way to overcome stigma. What is stigma? It's kind of like he's, he's a pastor. I've been a psychologist today. I'm a a mentor specializing in, uh, in trauma recovery. But what's really interesting is not everybody's too comfortable with being that exposed and that vulnerable. Mm -hmm. 
And so they would actually hide the things that they really need help with, um, which we've seen over the years, and we've changed so much of our work to overcome that stigma. Right. Well, Randy didn't do it on purpose, but he's figured it out that there's so many people that they don't want to talk to a psychologist, they don't want to talk to a pastor, they want a certain amount of anonymity to be open, to be vulnerable, and to use the social media that way to mm -hmm. get the support and help and encouragement they need. We know he's right. Right, we and do. He is right. And so he's discovering a deeper purpose that he never would have imagined before. Um, he's a smart guy that way. He's very innovative. Um, he's a very creative guy. Well, we are too. And that's why we get along so well. In fact, the more we get to know each other, the, the more we find that love and that compatibility. It's wonderful. We think a lot of him. We think of a lot of his family. Your wife Sharon, a great lady, um, who really backs him all the way. Mm -hmm. um, and they live very distinctly different lives. I mean, she's not on the front lines in those refugee camps, but no. she's always there. No, but she's right there for him. Yeah. But, you know, one of the things that's interesting that... Um, we see with Randy, and I've talked to him about this, is about self-care. And um, when you do the kind of thing that we do, and now for everyone who's living this extraordinarily challenging life, there's a time that is so important to know how to take care of yourself. And Randy and I have had conversations that he would, he is a giver, a caregiver of other people to the point of neglecting himself and his own health. That's one of the when you, when you love somebody and find out you got a real, there's a connection that's so sweet, you want the person to take care of themselves because you're invested in them. The, the value that they have is so important. So we've talked about it. Um, and um, we wrote another paper called Mini Vacations. Uh -huh. Do you remember that one? I do remember Okay. It. And the Mini Vacations, um, I just want to read a little bit because I think it's pretty important to end this time. Um, one of these benefits, we wrote about the unexpected benefits that can arise out of our difficult times, the blessings of urgency. Um, the other is the need to think creatively and find new ways to succeed. Many vacations are essential during a crisis because crises can go on for a long time. Which they is are what we're right now. See. Yep. Day after day struggles take so much out of us that we need some relief. So true. What I mean by many vacations are times when we can take a break. It means time set aside to do something that's distracting, enjoyable, and refreshing. Whatever you choose to do, you better you can do it, you can better appreciate it in the moment by seeing and evaluating what you're doing in new a new way that you never would have before. You know, we've talked a lot about how our society um, has the in some ways deteriorated, become a, a society for so long of distraction and fun, 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 mm -hmm. not dealing with the real serious conditions of life. Well, there is a time, though, that we need a break, and we do need to do some things for self-care. If you're going to be in this for the long haul, I've been doing this 50 years plus, Randy's been doing this a long time, um, you got to ask yourself, what is it going to take to give you that resilience to keep going and to keep a of creative, positive energy out there. And I don't think it's easy. I, I'm not trying to say that. I don't find it easy, but I find it essential. I think a lot of people who are real judgmental would consider it being selfish. It is not selfish. It's essential. So we're not talking about living a lifetime of, of distraction and happy, happy escape. 
we're talking about ways to replenish yourself and restore yourself. And these are the times that it is so important to find opportunities as short as they may be um, to take care of yourself so you can go back. It does not mean the crisis is over. In fact, these long-term crises as we're living in, they're not ending. No. In fact, they're, we're having more and more layers of crisis on top of each other, so that's, that's even more difficult, to say the least. Um, but what we're seeing is, well, yeah, we're not, we're not going to be taking away the stress. We're not going to be able to, to change that distressing situation. But what we can do is change how we respond to it. Now, that takes energy, and it takes somebody or something to kind of shake you out of it a little bit and get your mind on some other things a little bit so you can become refreshed. So you can become aware of what you're carrying in your body, what your nervous system is carrying as far as the stress and the, um, the, the, the hormones and the enzymes and everything that's going on that goes with the stress response. If you're in crisis, you're in hyper alert. And that is an exhausting, exhaustive on our nervous systems. It's exhaustive on our psychology, our spirituality, everything, and our bodies. So what we're really looking at is, well, if that's ongoing and we can't change that, then we've got to find some ways to restore our, restore our batteries. Um, a mini vacation is, is, is a good thing to do. Really, you're talking to somebody that I used to have. I was definitely one of those... Um, very spoiled people that had to have some very exotic, elaborate vacations because I felt that I needed it because my work has been so difficult. Today, it's nothing like that. And um, I'll take a couple of hours, a few hours, and consider that a vacation. And it, I make the most of it at, um, because I know I'm going to have to go back to very difficult circumstances. That hasn't changed a bit, but I have to be in better shape. Sometimes I know it's very interesting, though. Um, during these mini vacations, it's also a time where you may be forced to, and these crises do that too, um, take some time to look at yourself. Some of the things that are not such wonderful characteristics that have been allowed to just go on for a long time. During these times, um, during these times of mini vacations, during these times of crisis, it gives you the time to reevaluate, take a look at some of these things that are not, not so hard. They're not so easy to change. You haven't taken the time um, to, to change them or, or even want to. And this is a time that it's more in our face and we're gonna feel it. It's a great opportunity to begin to turn these things around in your life. Um, I find it just that, what an opportunity. Painless, no. Important and essential, yes. So in my work, I've had to learn to do that for so long because I've been in trauma recovery, helping people through tremendous pain. Um, I've had to learn to do that for a long time. I've just carried it on through crisis after crisis, not just in our work, and now um, in my personal life with my wife. None of it is easy, and yet it's taught me certain disciplines. And one of them is to respect the time that I get, and if during that time um, I begin to see things or feel things that have been going on with me, it's a time to address it. It's a time to look at it, not run away, if that's there, I'm, I mean, I'm, I might be part of going through my mini vacation. Mine are spending time with my horses. Um, I have cutting horses. I love that. I don't know if all you know. It's a cowboy thing. Peter, the guy from Newark, New Jersey, happens to be a cowboy too. And I've been doing it for 47 years. Um, I love it. I also am an adrenaline junkie. So I love competition. 
so I compete in the sport. Um, I love racing my Corvette. Um, but here's what I can tell you. These days, I don't have time to do all the drama because um, I don't want to be too far away from my wife. But what I find is I need the time away with animals, with my horses. And I mean, it doesn't have to be in nature. It doesn't have to be for days and weeks. It doesn't have to be thousands of miles away spending a lot of money. Um, it's just a time that I learn to appreciate whatever I have and make the best of it and apply myself. To me, getting very physical helps shift my brain. And that's not easy for me. So, well, I make the best of it. I also work out a lot, and I've been doing that since, what, I mean, 13 or 14. All of these things help me shift. They don't change the crisis. They don't change the challenge. And I wish they did. I won't lie, but they don't. There are many of the crises I've been involved in have been overwhelming. Um, they can be the kind of things that can be very discouraging and despairing. I don't have time for that. Do I feel... It passed through me, of course. I just don't indulge it. And it, when I take this time away to take care of myself, I definitely take care of my health, and I want to take care of myself emotionally and spiritually. Those are all very important things so I can go back to the front lines. And I'm on the front lines most of the time, as is Jenny. Um, but it's we do need our breaks. Now she, I looked at her picture in the camera today, she doesn't look like she had a bad day in her life. Don't believe it. <laughs> That's not true. She just happens to be a beautiful woman, but she, she works hard. And that'll tell you the kind of resilience that Jenny has, and she does. Um, she's on the front lines with me and doing all kinds of other things. Um, um, and you can see, she does not look the worst for wear. Mm. So self-care is very important um, for all of us. So, by the way, Randy, I hope you're hearing this. Please take care of yourself. Hear, hear it with love, please. With love, because you are a dear, beloved friend, and we don't want to lose you. We need you, and so does the world. You're doing a great job. So I can help you with that, but come on, Randy. Take care of yourself, man. You do blessed work. You're a great man and a great, becoming such a wonderful friend. So, yeah, I pay attention to stuff like that. And, um, Anyway, that's important, and I wanted to put that into this Good. Good. because I want to look at some of the, I want to emphasize hope mm -hmm. and the positive things that can come out of it. You can't learn about the value of appreciation of, of the little things in life if you don't go through the tough stuff. Mm -hmm. So we're saying there is purpose and meaning and wisdom mm -hmm. and a deeper sense of love and appreciation that comes out of these things. It can, you bet. Very important. You've been listening to the Survivor's Guide to Life on KPCA Petaluma 103.3 FM. We'll be back with questions after a short break. Welcome back to the Survivor's Guide to Life. I'm your host, Jenny Stevenson, and we're in the last section of today's podcast. We enjoyed uh, a talk with Randy a, a couple weeks ago, and Randy Mayfield, and had a section of that a little earlier. Um, just before this break, you were talking about um, mini vacations, and I have a follow-up question on that, and just how important they are. You had so much good information for people, and from your own experience of how important they are. 
One thing I remember you saying though, and I'm wondering, sometimes people say when I, f I am so stressed that when I finally stop, I just feel like I collapse. And I, you know, I just, I have no energy. I can't really get anything together. I'm not sure quite how I would put together something that would refresh and be a mini vacation. And I re I'm getting to my point. Uh, you used to say when you went on vacation that the first bit of it, you really did just kind of need to just stop and do nothing. But then as you gathered some, gathered some strength and some energy, you would start to really enjoy yourself. Maybe take a day or two if you were going away for a week. So don't, I don't want people to hear that they're wrong if they stop and they can't even get any energy together. So how does this work? If, if you're doing a mini vacation, how do you recognize you need a little time to kind of get into it? Well, or do you? I'm not like you described that I used to do. I don't have time for that anymore. Yeah, yeah. Not that I don't remember those times where I just could indulge in letting down for days before. I don't know. And boy, the energy came back, and I love that. I don't have time for that anymore. Um, there is a time that I do let down. Usually, it's on Sundays. Um, where I give my body a break um, and I take care of my wife and do some things relating to that. Um, I would, you want to know the truth? Mm -hmm. I'd rather not. I, I don't like it. I like to, because mm -hmm. I know, and this is truthfully what happens, I'm going to feel my pain. And I do. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I almost expect it. Eventually it's going to happen. I'll give myself time to do, take care of it though. I will. I'll address it. And if letting down means having a good cry or um, things that are just built up in me with all that, that we're dealing with, um, I'll do it. And it doesn't feel great at the time at all. I just know it's a, it's a limited thing that I have to do to keep resilient. Um, I also know how to come out of it and to get back on track, usually in better shape, to be honest with you, better physically, emotionally, spiritually, um, in every way, and I can actually be more responsive and empathetic most of the time. I don't want to make this an exact science, like it's, it doesn't always work though. For me, it does, and I've been doing that kind of thing for a long time. I don't have weeks and, and days to in, indulge in Hawaii or uh, Tahiti or any of that anymore. So no, I'm talking about if I go see my horses and I know I have two and a half hours before I have to come back to work or three hours, there, there are those times in the midst of my activity where I will feel what's been going on. That doesn't mean I'm going to get into it at that time, but it makes me aware of knowing what's going on with me, the, the effect the stress has had on me, um, how tired I am or whatever. Oh no, I feel those things. Am I going to usually stop, though? I'll be honest with you, and not do any. It's rare. Um, I don't stop. I need the activity and the engagement. It refreshes me. Mm -hmm. And uh, many times, like, I'll walk back in the institute. It looks like it's just about to fall through the door. <laughs> and everybody says, oh, you've been riding your horses. And I go, yeah. And interesting, I know how to recover yeah. very quickly. And uh, I have injuries from competition, so I can't lie. Um, and I take care of that, too. But I do have a resilience. God has blessed me that way. Um, so I use those times to do all of this. Good. I wish I could, I want to say I wish I could run to Hawaii and take days, 
but I don't. I, I'm working on hours. Yeah. And uh, things are more immediate. I think that's true for a lot of people right now yeah, too. Yeah. 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 But you got to take some time. It's so important. And if you don't feel, and you're feeling not the effects of the distress for it, it's okay to feel it. It's just don't indulge it to the point where you become so discouraged, so despairing, so dysfunctional that you just want to bury your head, hide under the, p the covers, and just not face life. Uh -uh. No, that's you can't not going to that. accomplish what you need it to do no, at the time. Just, that's an indulgence I would not advise. One other thing you said, and this is my next question, is that sometimes when you're taking a mini vacation, you can gain some perspective that you didn't have uh, maybe there's something that you need to let go of or change yeah. that you haven't really, that maybe you kind of put off to the side. Yeah. Is that true, that that can happen on a mini vacation? Did you get this out of that paper? I think I might have. Because I'm reading it and it says, under pressure we're sometimes capable of things we never believed we, uh, we could do. Good things like new thoughts and ideas can come out of our subconscious. Well, you know, it's also a time sometimes when we are going to have the time to take a look at things that we normally wouldn't take time for or it didn't even come out of our unconscious or our awareness but during these times it does and um, I feel it's a very valuable time because you can reevaluate your life yourself how things are going and you can make some adjustments um, and you can become more reasonable and more effective and engaged in a much more positive way I do think that's very valuable I call that we used to, we still, we call it post-traumatic growth. Mm -hmm. um, we're talking post-traumatic. I think it's not always post. I mean, you can do it in the midst of trauma, believe it or not, depending on where you are in it. If it's a shock trauma, usually you can't. But if you're in these long-term traumatic crises, oh yes, you can take time. And you don't have to wait to be all through it. But it is a very good time to take a good look at yourself, your priorities where you've put your energy, what you've put your uh, energy into finding security and what your values have been. Um, tangibles, may, uh, certainly in our culture, have, all of us have done it. Um, it's a time to realize, my God, my identity is so wrapped up in what I earn and what I have saved or what my company thinks of me that the truth of the matter is I don't have much of an identity outside of that. I don't happen to be one of those at all. I'm not saying that, but I mean, I know many people that are. So that's a time to take a painfully good look at and discover, begin to discover who you really are. And also to begin to emphasize things that are more important that we call them the non-tangibles that are more important. Things like your love, your relationships, the wisdom, your faith, your tr trust, things that nobody could take away from you. If you lost every dime, you still have that love you still have the caring and the wisdom and the experience and the and valuing your fellow man. Um, those things nobody can take away from you. Those are the things that fulfill us and they don't have a price tag on them. So that's what I, I feel is very important during those times of reevaluation, yeah. My last question, and I, I realize that this question you could talk for hours. And so, she means Peter don't talk for hours. Okay, go and ahead. I'm, I'm asking you to do a very hard thing, which is to answer this in a brief time. But And because of your anniversary 50 years ago, you had a very urgent experience. You had to leave your life on the East Coast <laughs> and come somewhere else. That's another else. book. That's a whole other book. Yeah. Have you... 
I want you to leave, be able, you always want to be able to leave people with some hope and some positive. Has it been a blessing for you? Has a blessing come to you out of that very urgent time? Absolutely. I'm living it out to this day. And what started, now we're talking, I've been in this work for 50 years, but I had a whole other life and career before this in New Jersey. And it was in the construction business. And I was a stockbroker in New York City. But, and I was in the service. I did all of this. But you know what? Um, it wasn't going to work for me. Even though I was raised in that, I was raised to be all of that. Um, for me, I say, I wasn't a religious man. Um, God had another plan for my life. And it took incredible crises and um, endangerment. It was a dangerous life that I was living, not that I created it, but I certainly was impacted by it plenty. One of the things that happened is I had to let go of so many things that I thought this is all there was. It's all I knew. And was, it, was I raised to deal with battles? I raised to put out all of one fire after another. And, um, that was my, that's how I lived. That's what I, I was raised to be a leader. I was raised to do a lot of things like that. But yet that wasn't where I was meant to be. And letting go of all of that and starting my life anew in California and, and actually going to school and um, developing a profession as impactful as I could be to help other people get through trauma and pain and, and not to be judgmental because I was sure nothing, I was a sinner, and I don't mean religiously, I mean I wasn't the best. But it gave me a heart for other people, instead of sitting there and judging them for what they're doing, really understanding it, because I've been there too and back. So a lot of the things that look like negatives turned out to be sources of compassion and empathy and being a very down-to-earth person, not somebody who hid behind all of his college degrees and advanced degrees and all of that but somebody who was a down-to-earth human being who'd been there too. I've relished that more today even than I did over the years, and it keeps growing. That I'm, a lot of the things that I thought were very important even professionally, they really don't mean a whole lot to me anymore. What really means something to me is my beliefs, my faith, my trust, my caring, the skills that I have, the empathy I have for my fellow man, um, the compassion for suffering and pain. That's what's come out of that change. And here I am 50 years later. It was September of 1970 that I started mm -hmm. that life. Mm -hmm. That's right. And here I am. And I don't feel like an old man. And you don't even know how old I am anyway. But um, I'm not that young. We're not telling. And I have a lot of energy. And I do a lot of things that a lot of young people uh, do. And I love doing it. Mm -hmm. I may ache a little bit and recover a little slower. <laughs> But it doesn't matter, I keep going. And I have, I have a passion now more in many ways than I even had before, and I've had passion for a long time. So that's what's come out, and I'm a little wiser and certainly more humble and more grateful. That's what's where I am today out of all of that. That's a good question. Thank you. Thank We're gonna you. write a book about my past life, though. We're gonna to have to write more books. Yeah. I know that for yeah. sure, yeah. yes, yes. We have a little book. It's a good book. We have a little book. And this one is, this for a little book, this one has a lot to it. And anyone who would like one, be glad to send it to you. It's The Survivor's Guide to Life, and it has some principles in it. It's a beautiful book that Steve created, and we will send it to you if you will email me, Jenny, J-E-N-N-Y, at BernsteinInstitute.com, and it will go right out to you. And while I'm at it, 
The Survivor's Guide to Life is made possible through a grant from Sonoma Coast Trauma Treatment, a 501c3 public charity that relies entirely on donations from people like you. We hope that today you have been um, encouraged and learned from what we had to say, uh, that it will be of value to you. Please consider donating to Sonoma Coast Trauma Treatment, sctraumatreatment.org. Uh, also, the Survivor's Guide to Life.com is our website. It has our podcasts, it has papers and resources. We have a YouTube channel with all the videos of our, of our podcasts. Uh, we're also on all of the regular outlets. We're on Facebook and Instagram. Please like us and share us. And, <coughs> uh oh, please send us your comments and let us know if you have questions or feedback for us. Yeah, and you know what? Keep the faith. Trust in the human spirit and keep, there's always hope no matter how dark things look. Don't ever lose sight of that, okay? And if you do, get back to it as soon as you can. Hang in there.